This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. So we're, at a, we're in the book of Philippians, and um, we are now up to chapter 4. And the story I want to talk to you about before we start was, um, I think it pertains to this. Uh, I knew of two Christ followers who deeply cared about each other, but found themselves at odd. They, were, they got in a fight. Um, at the moment, they thought it was an important topic, but uh, as, they, you know, as you, time goes by and they look back, it wasn't so much. And so there was a division between these two Christ followers. And the results was that it was about a seven-year-long uh, feud, disagreement, but really how it, how it expressed itself was through silence. About seven years of silence. The kids were not allowed to chat with each other, and the kids used to be good friends, and basically seven years wasted. And when they looked back, they found out it was something really trivial. Trivial, But the cost was immense. Lost time, lost memories. Laughing together was gone. Serving Jesus together was gone. Uh, but the great news in this story is that Jesus finally won out and their relationship um, was mended. However, they couldn't go back and try to regain the lost time and memories and time together in fellowship. The story is true, which leads us to Philippians. Let me encourage you as we read Philippians. Sometimes I struggle with this uh, when I travel, and I pray that you don't do this. I'm sure you don't, but let me just say it anyway. Is uh, Let's ask the Lord to teach us and remind us of what he is trying to teach us through this message. Uh, what I sometimes do is uh, I sometimes judge the guy that's, or uh, gal that's uh, teaching the lesson or sermon, and uh, I'm wondering about delivery, did the story make sense, and you know, and I begin to just kind of break it down, and then what I found I end up doing is losing what God is trying to speak to me. So let's not do that. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us as we go through this book of Philippians, Lord, that we would learn to be unchained from uh, these, these things that hold us back. And Lord, that we would be set free in your word and your, for your glory. So Lord, we can expand your kingdom. And we say, thank you, Father. Help us to learn what you want us to learn. Help us to hear what you want us to hear. And then Lord, at the end, help us to put into action what you want us to put into action. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you remember, we've gone through a whole chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and there are multiple sermons. Uh, and I imagine you can go on the podcast and catch up. So we're not going to do any review. But today is a new section. It almost feels like it doesn't fit in the whole uh, maybe flow of the book. It's kind of the end of the letter. 
And there are some miscellaneous things that the Apostle Paul wants to let his church know. And it's the church in Philippi. So it's a uh, written to Christians, a, a church in Philippi. And it's, he's giving them reminders. And he's going to go from idea to idea, from theme to theme. And it may look like it doesn't make sense. But I believe if you continue to read it, we're not going to finish it today. We're not going to finish chapter 4. Uh, but you'll see how, where the flow is and what God is trying to speak to his church and to us. So if you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Judea and Syntyche, that's how I say her name, to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Very strange, out of the blue, it seems like it's just talking about this little conflict. And Paul makes a public statement in this letter He's, he's asking the church to please repair the relationship. And it is public. And so the whole church got to see this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if all of a sudden, you know, I read up here, can um, uh, Eric and Shane please make sure they get along at the church? I mean, it's public. Now, now there's no problems there, okay? Just so you know. And so it was to the entire church and it was custom for the churches to read the letter out loud, out loud to the whole church. And if, <laughs> I can only imagine if the ladies were in the, in the audience. They probably just tucked their head. Paul is taking this serious to have two Christian people, Christ followers, friends, or maybe they're, you know, not in this situation, but maybe talking to us. Maybe it's a husband and wife situation, a brother and brother, brother, sister, sister, sister situation. But to have two followers of Jesus who are going to the same church in a broken relationship was far from what I would call a Christ life like, and especially in the church. And Paul is addressing it. Sometimes we allow grudges, uh, carry on uh, old, icy um, you know, demeanor, and, and we shut people out, and we can act like everything's fine, come to church, and we act like everything's fine. Uh, we go on with our spiritual lives, but Paul is saying it is not okay. Even though you might feel like it's okay, it's not okay. And Paul is telling the church, and I believe he's telling us, that this kind of uh, severed relationship between two followers of Christ is to be taken serious. It's a critical issue that cannot go unaddressed. Just to be open a little bit about my family, my, my brothers and sisters, we're all not super close. We've had issues in you know, past relationships. I'm the youngest and so um, I get along with all my brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm the baby. They took good care of me. Uh, but there's some tension between brothers and brother and brother and sister, sister and brother. And uh, a lot of it, if we look back, you know, we're probably just uh, trivial, but uh, it has affected the family. And so Paul is saying, it, just like it affects a family, like my family, uh, it can affect 
the church family if it's not dealt with. And it could have that same results where you're, all of a sudden you're not close and you kind of uh, go your separate ways. It needs to be taken serious. And again, um, I'm preaching from the book of Philippians. The book is determining the topic. It's not like I'm trying to, like, I know of this little issue and now I'm going to preach on it this Sunday. That's not what we're doing. We're just going through verse by verse. But back to the point is that we need, it needs to be taken serious. If you have a brother and brother in the Lord who call themselves Christ followers and there's this broken relationship, then it needs to be taken seriously. The first thing Paul, I believe, says to the church, and we can extrapolate some principles here, is that uh, he, Paul gives us an admonishment to work together, to come together. And it's not just the two ladies in the church that need to come together. The church needs to come together. It's the responsibility of the church to see that there is wholeness in the family of God. So if we know people who are in broken relationships, who are Christ followers, we must come alongside of them and encourage them to work it out. Amen? Now, this is not easy in our culture. I think in certain cultures, it might be easier. But we're very individualistic. We don't really like people um, prying into our lives. So one of my biggest challenges in my own life is to try to stay in my own lane. Have you ever seen that commercial? Is that one of my all-time favorite commercials? Stay in your lane, bro. Well, there was a friend of mine who was on uh, Facebook, social media, and she was lashing out. She was lashing out at her family because she was getting married and some people couldn't come to the wedding because it was deer season and some guys had their, their planned all ready to go and they were not coming. So, boy, she just let them have it. So, um, I know this young lady and I just felt like, hmm, you know, this is not really the best place for her to air her dirty laundry. So I direct messaged her and I said, dear friend, I know that you're hurt and I can understand why you're hurt, but sharing your grievances against family members on a public domain like Facebook is probably not the best thing. Her reply was, mind your blanking business. I, I was so shocked, and when I showed Robin, Robin could not stop laughing. <laughs> and then she quoted the verse, I mean, the commercial, stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane. And uh, I'll be honest with you, ever since then, I've, it's like, stay in my lane, stay in my lane. But that's not how we should really respond when we have church members who are, there's a broken relationship. Uh, however, all of us can make it easier by saying, listen, when we speak to each other, it's okay to speak into my life. It's okay. So in other words, we are very individualistic. That who are you? we usually, and I've had this happen one time in our campus ministry, I was correcting this young man and he literally says, who do you think you are telling me that? And this was within the Christian culture. 
Christian group. And this whole individualistic, don't talk to me, is really embedded in all of us. So we have to allow, we have to have this culture, I believe a Christian culture, it's like, it's okay to speak into my life. Now, of course, we need to earn the right to speak into people's lives. But we cannot be, you have no right to speak into my life. But we do it out of love and concern. And one thing I, I recognize as we, going, uh, as we move forward in this chapter, the second point is that Paul doesn't take sides in this situation. We don't know what happened to these two ladies. We don't know what was the cause. Was there a cause? What was the reaction? Because I, I found that in ministry that a lot of the times um, when you're trying to help people in relationship battles, uh, it's usually trivial. Trivial. I don't know why I'm struggling with that word today. Trivial. And so in the broad spectrum, Paul is saying it's not so important to know who is in the right and who is in the wrong. The problem is the broken relationship, not what broke it. Of course, you want to be wise and go back so it doesn't happen again. Again, these are the trivial things. Of course, there's ethical and moral issues that are deeper than just, let's not worry about what broke it. I get that. But a lot of the relationships that are, there's, there's brokenness, it it's, tends to be trivial. And, and in the church, Paul is saying, hey, he's not picking sides. He's not picking sides. But he's saying, solve the problem. Let's get to uh, make sure that the relationship is brought back to wholeness so that we can live out that life that Christ wants us to live. So for the Apostle Paul, it didn't matter as much what broke it, but the broken relationships to make it better. Now, if you've read many of Paul's letters, you know that if, um, if it was a serious issue, Paul would have dealt with it. So it's this 99, 98% of the conflicts aren't moral issues. But it's, I remember one lady a long, long time ago uh, was a little miffed at me because I didn't shake her hand on the way out to church. That's how it's trivial. So we have to make sure that the relationships are whole in the body of Christ. Because remember, I've preached this message, messages before where what kind, of, what kind of people worship here? And so the kind of people that love God and, and love his people and that we care for one another. Third point, I believe Paul is trying to tell the church, and I won't go too much longer, is that... Um, he says to solve this in the Lord. See, unity within a Christian community is different than I would say than any other community because unity in the family of God is based on what we have in common through Christ. I think I have a picture of the stadium. Have you ever, have you ever been to the, this stadium before? And one of the things that always amazes me is that I'll sit down, and I've mentioned this before, I'll sit down in my section 37, row 20, whatever, I'm sitting with people, uh, and when the band comes out, or our team does really well, we're all in unison, 
cheering on the team. You know, we're all in unison doing the tomahawk chop. And it's amazing that, <laughs> you know, I don't know, if, uh, you know what their political affiliation is. I don't know what their stance on certain social issues are. I don't know anything about them. But the fact that we have enough in unity, in common of we're rooting for our team, it seems like they'll just put those things aside for at least, you know, that hour, hour and a half of the game. And how much more so as followers of Christ, you know, to put those things aside because we have so much in common through Christ. So Paul is saying, whatever is dividing you two, we can, you can unite around the common love for Christ. And then we must repair the relationship for the good of the church and for the cause of Christ. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know of any issues within our church. And I don't think there is any issue. So what I'm wondering, and as I was praying over this, I pray that we now have resources and the Holy Spirit can bring back to a memory what should happen in case anything like this happens. Because these things need to be settled in the Lord based on their joint relationship with Christ. Now, in my, my family with my wife and my kids and my uh, son-in-law and daughter-in-laws is... Uh, the only reason we're united, we are a pretty united family, we get along, I can tell you, it's because we take Jesus seriously. If I believe if we were to take this, the Jesus element out of our lives, we're not the family that we are today. I can guarantee you that. It is, and so... And we've had some challenges at times in our family, and the answer always is, Christ. It's not like you need to respect this person better or you need to respect me more. Those, those are band-aids. The answer when we have certain conflicts, maybe we don't like the same show or we like the show and somebody didn't like it and, you know, those kind of trivial things. But our love for Jesus trumps all that. And it's the only way our family will stay together. It's the only way. I would love to say, you know, um, I'd love to say, oh, it's, you know, we have a great Solari family. No, you take Jesus out of the equation and we're just like everybody else. So it is important for the sake of the good of the church and the cause of Christ, not for my family's sake, but for the cause of Christ. We must find unity and commonality through Christ. Then he challenges us as the church, our effort to help uh, work on the process of helping these two ladies. That's what the, uh, Paul is talking to the church. But this is hard. I have found that this is hard because it's hard to, to talk to someone, you know, because we're very individualistic. Let me ask you to help us and help me if you find yourself in a relationship that's severed it would be much helpful and I believe quicker if you were to say hey we need help can you speak into my life versus uh, this 
weird cultural dances, like when do we say something, when, when can we say something, should we say something, or am I going to get a response like my friend did on, on the Facebook? And, you know, it's just helpful to say, hey, uh, church family, if you see something, it's okay to do something. Paul calls on these local yoke fellows, people that will yoke together. They're unnamed. He does name Clement, and we don't have any idea of the other people, what their role in the church was. But Paul was saying, hey, call on these mature, wise believers to help in any way possible. And he calls on them because he's challenging them not to stand on the sidelines. Because standing on the sidelines is not going to help the situation. And that's the thing I want to make sure that we're understanding that there's another essential thing to note because relational breakdowns in the context of Christian community is really, is not a private matter. It's a community church matter. It breaks the family, which means the whole entire family is affected. If you remember the first story I told you, it was that it was these two people who had a, a difference and it wasn't resolved, two Christ followers, but it had some damaging effects because the kids were not allowed to communicate and fellowship. And so not only the two people affected, but the generation below them are affected. So the whole family needs to then to be uh, helped and worked out for the glory of Christ. I love uh, reading this passage because it feels like a family. The church is like a family. No one's being condemned. He's not picking sides. There's two sisters in the scripture. They're at odds. And he praises both of them as hardworking, servant-hearted people. And then Paul says, do everything to help these two good people to get past it. In every relationship, there will be tension. And that's okay, but God wants to, us to grow up and follow his, his plan. And then that we can step up and begin to mend anytime there's a broken relationship. It's called authentic community. When we're not doing it, then we become dysfunctional. It's beautiful when the church is willing to care for one another and carry one another's burdens and put on that yoke, as uh, Paul says, the loyal yoke fellow. If we're a Christ follower, then this is the principle to make sure that any relationship that is broken is mended quickly for the glory and the good of the church and for the cause of Christ. So if we call ourselves Christ followers, let's make sure that we are helping or ask to be helped so that we can work this thing out. The other option is to live in an icy division of resentment community, and we would never want that because that doesn't advance the kingdom of God. Community is hard work, but it's the community of Christ, his church, that we long for. And I believe God wants to make sure that we are uh, that kind of church community. Amen? Amen. And so, again, I would just want a quick review. If you find yourself in a, a relational tiff with someone, 
the best thing to do is ask for help. Because it's very difficult from those who want to help to know if they can. It's just, it's just the reality of it. In certain cultures, like if you're in a Spanish family culture, they don't ask. They just come and tell you. You know? Uh, you know, my mom comes like, so what's going on with you and your brothers? Like, whoa, you know. Um, and so, but that's not the case in every culture. And so help us help each other to bring glory to Christ in his church. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit moving in our church. We know that uh, you are glorified when your body comes together and lifts up the name that's above every other name. Lord, I pray, God, I thank you, Lord, that I can't think of any um, relationship that's uh, severed or hurting right now, two brothers in the Lord, two sisters in the Lord. Uh, but Lord, I pray, God, if there is or it comes up, Lord, that we would, we would act on it quickly in a manner that would bring you the greatest glory. Lord, we pray for uh, maybe uh, marriage relationships that might be in this situation that nobody really knows about. But Lord, I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would enlighten the couple to say, we need, we need help. We've been trying to do it privately. It's not working. But for the glory of God and for the body of Christ, we're going to look for help. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your word. Thank you for challenging us. Lord, thank you for encouraging us. But Lord, thank you for not allowing us to stay put in our journey with Jesus. Lord, help us to all grow. In Jesus' name we said, amen, amen, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.